Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. everybody thanks for joining us today my name is ken swanson this is the ap laboratory it's the game preview edition getting you ready for a big matchup between two playoff teams believe it or not the kansas city chiefs and the miami dolphins both would be in the playoffs if the season ended right now and we've got a lot to talk about to preview this game and here to help me do it are my dear pals first find them on twitter at chief in carolina maddie lane what's good I'm very torn right now because at this time of year, all I want to do is watch draft prospects. I have very little interest in NFL football until we hit the playoffs once you get into past Thanksgiving in December. However, this game against the Dolphins is actually quite interesting. I'm excited to do this, this game preview tonight because or today for you guys as you're listening because I think these two teams match up very well with one another. It should be a really good game. So I'm excited for this. Like, this is one of the few matchups you get late in the season for the Chiefs team that are a Super Bowl contender that might actually, you know, have my undivided attention instead of trying to sneak in watching college players left and right. Hopefully, Craig feels the same. But unfortunately, I do believe that he has to watch the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I, I mean, that just like every week, I do have to watch the defensive side of the football. And just like every week, everybody's going to, be very angry about the defensive side of the football. It's it's just it's my cross to bear, you guys. But it's okay because the Chiefs are going to the playoffs. The Chiefs are really good, and this is going to be a nice matchup between two very good football teams. Yeah, these next two games are very big for the outlook of the Chiefs' playoff, um, you know, picture and just the season in general because of that. So uh, we start with the with a big game here against the Miami Dolphins. And we'll start with the offensive side of the football. I think we have to start on the with the red zone offense. It's an issue that we've kind of seen, uh, you know, starting to creep up some big problems recently, Maddie. Absolutely, and I understand that going into I think it was two weeks ago, the Chiefs were just outside the top ten in terms of red zone touchdown percent, and then now it's drifted down to where they're in the bottom ten to twelve of the NFL. So. Yes, two bad games in a row do make the red zone offense look a little bit worse than maybe it's been all year. But here's the thing. When you have the best quarterback in the NFL, the best tight end in the NFL, one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL, your red zone offense has no business being 12th best in the NFL either. You should be top five. I think just part of the issue, we talked about it before, Andy Reid's getting a little too cute in the red zone, and I understand it might be a little bit about a necessity. The Chiefs do need to stretch the field horizontally to get a run the football. They don't have the bodies to just cram the football down the opposing defense's throat. When you take away some of the ability to vertically stretch it because you're working in a reduced field, 
it gets hard to find some of these spaces. So I understand why they try all these trick plays, but they need to find some traditional bread and butter stuff that is going to work at a little bit higher success rate because you can't go into the playoffs converting touchdowns in the red zone at 54% or whatever they're sitting at right now for the year. And this has been a trend for two years now. Going back to 2018, the Chiefs offense was either first or second in the NFL in terms of touchdown red zone percentage. Last year, it dropped off. It's dropping off again this year. It's something that does need to be looked at and fixed, especially as teams get more film on some of these fun Andy Reid type plays. Yeah, you you saw it a little bit last week when they tried the Ferrari stuff again that defenses are starting to tee off and start to really kind of expect some of the unexpected, quote-unquote, unexpected now with Andy Reid in the red zone. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen because these are, it's a very good secondary and it's a good defensive line. I think the linebackers are a little bit weak for Miami, but they're still not awful. So this is a situation where the Chiefs probably aren't going to win up front. You're not going to see them necessarily line up and be able to body people out of the way, especially with the interior offensive line playing the way that they are. So I think some of that traditional running short yardage stuff isn't going to be much in the cards this week. So I'm very curious to see how they manipulate that things in the red zone. I'm sure we're going to see them trying to get some misdirection with a lot of young players in this Dolphins lineup. And with Brian Flores being a little bit aggressive, I think Andy Reid will get a little bit creative with some of the misdirection. I just wonder if we're going to see some of the trickier style plays on offense as we've seen so far the past couple weeks. I do think this. Um, I do think teams are kind of at least the. I think the Broncos were pretty good about anticipating some of the lateral stuff because I mean that little that little, whatever you want to call it, little reverse or whatever to Tyreek Hill did absolutely nothing. It's worth monitoring how they're going to approach that, um, and um, you know, they're going to keep building. They've got plenty of stuff that they can try to call and tinker with. You know, the the Ferrari stuff has had a lot of you know some success. The plays have looked good for the most part. Some some execution in some spots on it. Um, I wonder if we see it this week, though. I wonder if they might be trying something else different a little this week. Uh, one of the other questions we've got about this about this game, uh, it's just kind of maybe the, the, the coverage that you're going to see from Miami. Are they going to play man? Are they going to blitz? What do you think, Maddie? So here's the big thing about this Miami Dolphins defense. When they play Man coverage, so that could be cover zero, it could be man free, they could be too deep, man under, whatever it is. When they are in man coverage, and if you remove week one, and the only reason I'm saying that is because Byron Jones got hurt, so that takes away one of their, if not their best corner, they have only given up 53% completion percentage, 870 yards, a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio, and have 15 sacks. They are by far the most efficient team in the NFL when playing man coverage. Here's the trick. Patrick Mahomes, by far the best quarterback in the NFL going up against man coverage, especially if you're going to blitz off of it. Miami Dolphins have a pretty high blitz rate. It helps coming out of the kind of their defensive front that they have where you never know where guys are lining up, but you essentially have strength on strength here. And the question becomes, who's going to budge? Are the Chiefs going to all of a sudden not figure out how to do it? We've seen them struggle for halves against the New England Patriots, and this could look very similar to some of those games. At the same time, we've seen Patrick Mahomes torch a very similar process of defense in the Baltimore Ravens, who tried to play man coverage and blitz off of it. Which team's going to crack first? Who's going to find success? Who won't? 
This is why this game is so exciting. You get one of the best defenses, the best defense at playing man coverage, or one of the best offenses, one of the, the best offense attacking man coverage. I do expect the speed of the Chiefs, the talent of Patrick Mahomes against a team that doesn't have the best pass rush in the world, which I think we're about to get to here in a second. I do expect the Chiefs to have some success when the Dolphins go, man, this just is one of those games that there is enough talent on the Dolphins' side of the football that they can try to play man coverage. The last time we saw a team do that, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you can go ask Antoine Winfield about how that went. Yeah, and Carlton Davis for that matter, my goodness. Now, that being said, Xavier Howard is having an ultra-awesome year this year for, for the quote-unquote down year that he had last year. Xavier Howard's been very good this year. Opposite him, they've got Byron Jones. He's also having a pretty good year as well. So they've got guys on the outside that I think Brian Flores thinks they can lock up some of these Chiefs receivers. Now, I don't think that they're going to leave Tyree Kill in one-on-one coverage. Yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick doesn't. That's not the situation that he puts himself in. He typically brackets Tyree Kill, and he's been putting you know, the best corner against Sammy Watkins. I would expect that we might see some of that this week, and so it may make for a bigger Sammy Watkins game. We've seen how that's progressed for the Chiefs. A guy that can beat press coverage, that can get open quickly when there is a blitz on against like a Bill Belichickian defense, the Chiefs are very good at manipulating the field, getting Sammy into those isoed situations, and maximizing it. I think this might be a big week for that if Brian Flores opts to do that, which, I mean, frankly, if he decides, listen, this is our identity, we're going to do what we do, again, like Matty said, like the Bucks did, he could just line up and say, hey, that's fine. If Sammy gets us this week, then we're fine with that. I mean, teams that have tried to just say, hey, we're going to play the way we want to play typically haven't had success. But also, Brian Flores was on that staff that had a lot of success against Patrick Mahomes in 2018. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a completely different player than he was in the past. But to Craig's point, who ate? Sammy Watkins. Mm -hmm. Big play Sammy Watkins is what really helped that offense kind of get going. It's going to be fascinating to see how Brian Flores approaches this. Um, because of you know he does have some history with Mahomes, but I'm you know I'm just really anxious to see what he does um, and, and what adjustments he makes because I do think he's one of the better defensive minds in the National Football League. Uh, all right, we're talking about handling the Dolphins' edge pressure now, Craig. Yeah, uh, we actually got a five star review question kind of about this from Tyler Payne Willis. So shout out to hey that man asking asking about the Dolphins' power edge rushers. That's what they got. Like the these aren't necessarily speed guys off the edge. Everybody's familiar with Emmanuel Ogba, you know, an ultra Spagnolo edge, a guy that wins with power. He's a little bit flexible, but mostly a power rushing type guy. They've got Shaq Lawson out there. Kyle Van Noy is coming off a three sack week, but has not practiced to this point in the week, along with the Landon Roberts. So that could be a big benefit. But if he can go, these are the types of ends that aren't going to get home ultra quick, but they're going to crush the pocket. And guy, you know, the Chiefs' uh, tackles have struggled with power throughout their time in Kansas City. All of these guys, they've not been good at handling power rushers outside of all-pro Mitchell Schwartz, who, once again, won't be here this week. So... We'll see, but this is a chance 
for if the Dolphins want to rush four, that they could find some success because it is a little bit of a matchup nightmare for this offensive line. And you're coming off of a game that which I think Mike Rimmers for the first time this season was a huge liability against Denver, who also deploys without Von Miller, a very power centric pass rush. You saw it multiple times where they were just able to get under his pads, push him back, then disengage on the go. Eric Fisher's always struggled with power, especially guys that can play with good leverage. So Emmanuel Ogba with his length, Shaq Lawson with his hand technique. I mean, you have guys that can take advantage of these tackles, but I'm also talking about Emmanuel Ogba and Shaq Lawson. These guys are not all pros. They are not really Pro Bowl level players, although Emmanuel Ogba might be making a case this year. They're good not great players. This is the kind of pass rush that if you're the Chiefs offensive line, especially the tackles, should do a good enough job against to let Patrick Mahomes have the time that he needs. They should be able to force the Dolphins into blitzing to get pressure. If they can do that, I think the Chiefs will have a ton of success. The question is, you can't let Lawson and Ogba have the same kind of success that Bradley Chubb did last week. If both of those guys, because Denver doesn't have a second edge rusher, but if Ogba and Lawson are having the Chubb-level success last week, that's going to make it really hard on the Chiefs' weapons to beat these real, this really good secondary. It's going to be hard for Patrick Mahomes to constantly have enough time to find the open guy. So you need Rimmers, you need Fisher to come and play one of their better games this week. Yeah, Rimmers coming down to earth a little bit last week does kind of you know present some additional challenges for this football team for sure. Hopefully Patrick Mahomes can navigate it, uh, and hopefully they have enough time to maybe generate some plays downfield, especially if the Dolphins do try to play some man coverage. All right, players to watch. Who you got, Craig? Yeah, I'm going with Eric Fisher for the very same reasons that we just got done talking about. Eric Fisher historically has struggled with long power rushers. Those are the guys that have given him the most fits throughout his career. We've seen it time and time again, but we've also seen some glimpses over the past season and a half where he's actually stood up and he's played well against those kind of above average mid-tier power rushers. He wasn't just giving it away the same way that he was in some previous years. Now would be the time. Step up. Body Emmanuel Ogba. Body Shaq Lawson. Make sure that you keep Patrick Mahomes' blind side protected because I feel like the Dolphins are good enough on the back end that there's going to need to be longer plays. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to hold on to the ball a little bit longer while he waits for separations out of his receivers so Eric Fisher can go a long way in making sure that that doesn't happen. It would be great to see him show up and shut down a couple of guys who, frankly, have played very far above what their typical level has been in the NFL so far this year. So my player to watch is going to be Travis Kelsey. For as good as this Miami Dolphins secondary is, Eric Rose, kind of their primary tight end cover guy, when it's not him, you get a combination of either Jerome Baker or Elandon Roberts covering tight ends. None of those guys should strike fear in you and being able to stop Travis Kelsey. I think he could have a huge game if they try to put, especially one of those linebackers. Eric Rowe would be the biggest challenge, but he's still giving up over 60% completion percentage when he's targeted this season. I think Kelsey will be able to find some space, whether against man coverage, if you force these Dolphins team to play more zone. I think Kelsey's combination of zone awareness, size, and just, I mean, how talented he is could really create a problem. 
This is one of the games to me that screams Travis Kelsey game just based on the fact that Xavier Howard, Byron Jones should be able to give a little bit of trouble to the Chiefs receivers. Kelsey, though, provides that ultimate mismatch, especially when you don't have a stud safety or linebacker to throw on him. I'm going with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the running back that missed basically the entire... He did miss the entirety of the game, even though he was active uh, on the roster. Kind of a breaking case of emergency situation for him. Uh, just kind of curious to see what he looks like coming out back from that injury or from that sickness. It sounds like he might have lost a little bit of weight. Uh, kind of fascinating to see what his role is going to be uh, this week coming back. Was he able to kind of get back to full strength? What kind of utilization does he have for this game? And what do we see from him? I mean, you know, is he able to kind of bounce back? And, and if it, how is he utilized? Is it just a small amount of plays? Is it a um, is it a full workload? Got some questions. Just want them answered. All right, we're going to take a break. And we'll be back with the defensive side of the ball right after this. Talking about the defense now in the game preview edition of the AP Laboratory. Uh, I think we got to start with this, Craig. Is this about to be the Willie Gay game? The answer or the question that everybody wants answered right now, we have a bunch of emails, so shout out to everybody who sent emails from that. If Damian Wilson can't go, and it sort of looks like it's trending that direction with one game or one practice left to go before the end of the week, Willie Gay Jr. would be your nickel buck linebacker. That is huge. That is a a position that we have only seen Willie Gay Jr. play late in games next to Ben Neiman playing the mic as a backup buck. Now you might get to see him on the field. When there's when the Dolphins are in 11 personnel, you're going to see Willie Gay Jr. in the middle of the field. That means you're going to have a lot more run fits that you're asking him to do, you know, with a not a loaded box, and you're going to have to ask him to cover Tight ends coming up the seam, cover running backs out of the backfield. They've got a couple of decent guys coming out of the backfield and up the seam that are going to give Willie Gay Jr. a legitimate challenge here. Now, I'm very curious to see what Anthony Hitchens is going to be doing this week, the kind of focus that he's able to attend to with the rest of the front, because we've seen him having to do a lot of on-field coaching with Willie Gay Jr. so far, but Willie Gay Jr. is getting the first team reps this week, all week long. So how does he look? Does he adjust during the game? Does he come out at the beginning of the game on fire? Does he take a little while to come into the game? All things that we all want to have answered, and I think we're going to get that answered this week. I'm very excited to see what the Chiefs rookie linebacker does because, frankly, if he does well this week, they might not be able to bench him again when Damian Wilson is back. I fully expect Ben Neiman to eat quite a bit into the snaps that we would like to see Willie Gay get. Don't don't kill my buzz, Maddie. Don't I kill don't my think buzz. the Chiefs staff particularly. I think going into the year, they were big fans of Ben Neiman and what he brought to the team. I don't know if that's still true. I do, however, know that they trust, for whatever reason, Ben Neiman to be on the football field. I don't know if they trust Willie Gay. So I think in some of these nickel sets, I think you might see Ben Neiman come in. Now, 
the Chiefs have been doing a little bit more balancing of the linebacker room, whether in dime or nickel, based on down and distance as well. So there's a chance you do see Willie Gay get some of the nickel reps, Ben Neiman get some of the nickel reps, so on and so forth. It could be a mix. I do think this is a game that should go towards Willie Gay. The Dolphins' offense funneling through the passing game isn't exactly that scary. Their running game isn't scary either, but you don't want to let them get going on the ground. I think Willie Gay is clearly going to be a superior run defender compared to Ben Neiman. So you might get to see him a little bit more often in that nickel package. I hope so. I want to see what they have with him. I don't think he can be so bad that he tanks this game and Ben Neiman can save you from it. So let's see Willie Gay get out there and play. I think what could be interesting for Willie Gay is the pressure of this team needing him, how he responds, because that could be a big piece of his development. You know, not just from a reps perspective, but the fact that this team needs him, the preparation that it takes to get ready for this football game, knowing that there's really not a safety net for him and this team just needs him to potentially step up and take on a bigger role with more snaps, that could be a big part of his growth. And if that's the case, this would be the right time to do it because the season's winding down, and if they can maybe find maybe find some marginal improvement at the linebacker position here, uh, that that would be a big step, you know, in the right direction, you know, heading into the playoffs. All right, let's talk about containing Tua Tagovailoa. Look at that. That's professionalism right there with with the with the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not even gonna pronounce his last name because we all Craig. Know, no, you have to try. We no, all you have know, to try. We all know no, no, how no. Craig does with names. So exactly. Yeah. Try. So let's go. Here we go. The Chiefs are going to contain Tua, and they're gonna have to go <laughs> out of their way because, frankly, I mean, Steve Spagnuolo, as we've seen, has resulted or has turned to a very blitz heavy scheme. Like, he knows he can't get home with four right now because of whatever reason. And so he's turned to bring the heat on more downs than he ever has as a Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator the past two weeks. That's result, or that's come against a couple of guys that are a little less mobile in the pocket. Tua's got juice. Tua can get outside the pocket. Tua can create against the blitz. That's potentially problematic for a Chiefs pass rush that is going to struggle. We've seen them come up against some of these guys, and Lamar notwithstanding, but Teddy Bridgewater, you've seen Deshaun Watson, you've seen some of these guys that the Chiefs have been have struggled to keep in the pocket have struggled to keep under control, and that's allowed some of these quarterbacks to extend plays against a Chiefs secondary that doesn't have a whole lot of investment in it. So I'm very curious if you're going to see more contained rushes out of Frank Clark, Alex Okafor, try and keep Tua back in the pocket and blitz up the A and B gaps, try and just be disciplined in the rush, rush lanes. They've been very good with their blitzes the past couple weeks, weeks staying disciplined, We'll see what happens against a much more mobile quarterback than they've seen the past two weeks. The trick with trying to figure out how to play Tua is he's not been particularly good against when he's pressured right now. Now you have to get pressure, but he hasn't been particularly good when you're pressuring him. He's a little, in terms of efficiency, he's a slight step back from what Ryan Fitzpatrick had been for them earlier in the season. So you do want to get pressure on him, but like Craig said, you just don't want to let him get outside the pocket because he does have the athleticism to scramble. Now, 
We haven't really seen that so far in the NFL. He has not used his legs to great success. Against Arizona, he did extend some plays. He did help them pretty much come back and win that game with his mobility. But outside that, he's been a little bit limited in how he can use his athleticism. You don't want to be the team that lets that change. I don't think that she should be afraid of what Tua Tagovailoa. there you go, there's my attempt, Kent, is going to be able to accomplish through the air. I think you just have to let them throw the ball. You would rather you would rather pressure Tua or keep him in the pocket than you would and let him just throw the football around than let him get outside. I think it will be interesting to see how the Chiefs go about this. Essentially, the Chiefs should be able to get pressure with four, but we've been saying that for about four weeks now and it simply hasn't happened. So we'll see what happens in this game. Do they still have to bring pressure? Can they do it with just their four guys? It, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, speaking of getting pressure... With four. It may, you know, Thanksgiving was a couple weeks ago. Christmas is in a couple weeks. But, Maddie, you think Chris Jones might be feasting this week? On paper, he absolutely should. Because the combination of Ted Karras, Solomon Kinley, and now Eric Flowers looks like he's not going to play Karras. this week. Robert Hunt, the rookie, is going to be stepping in at guard for Flowers. You are going to have three guys that none of them are particularly fleet of foot. None of those three guys handle speed particularly well. I would not put lateral agility anywhere near the top of these guys' scouting report. What does Chris Jones do really, really well? Rush the passer using lateral agility. There is this matchup. Looks very promising for him in terms of having a big week. The only thing you kind of worry about is if the Dolphins dedicate a lot of extra attention to him, knowing that exact same thing, how will the rest of the team handle it? Will Frank Clark finally get to have a big game? Will Alex Okafor across from him step up to Sean Ward? Like, who will step up and make them not dedicate so much attention to Chris Jones? And when Chris Jones does get double teamed, can he beat Solomon Kinley and Eric Flowers' replacement in Robert Hunt. It's the game that he should do it. He should have multiple pressures and multiple sacks in this kind of game. In weeks six and seven, Chris Jones had a pressure rate of greater than 25%. He has done that twice this season. An absolute monster on the inside. I expect that he's going to do it again. I really legitimately do. This offensive line is beat up on the interior. They are starting three rookies. That's three rookies, two on the inside. I think that's going to be problematic for this Chiefs or for this Dolphins offensive line. I think Chris Jones is going to be able to eat, and I think Tershawn Wharton will as well. When the Dolphins officially have to shift and double, I think you're going to see a lot more Turk Wharton. You're going to see a lot of that lateral agility and a lot of that penetration. I do think that the Chiefs four-man rush will look the best that it has in several weeks this week. And I am very, very much looking forward to not talking about the Chiefs four-man rush once <laughs> again next week. All right, players to watch. Craig. Okay, I got a little bit of a surprise here. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I'm going with Darius Harris. If Damian Wilson Ooh. can't go, Darius Harris is going to be active. He has been active once, but you know, primarily as a special teams guy, and I expect that that's probably all that it's going to be. However, there is an outside chance that they do not trust Willie Gay Jr. to kick to the Sam linebacker in base 
against this Dolphins team, and they just want him to stay in the will off-ball role that he's been staying in, and you see maybe a little bit of Darius Harris come in and play in some base defense snaps. Now, it's not going to be very many. I think the Dolphins are going to line up primarily with 11 personnel. I think the Chiefs are not going to be in their base defense very often, but there is an outside chance that we actually see Darius Harris over Ben Neiman in the base. I know what Maddie just said, but give me my hopes. Give me my dreams. Let's see if the Chiefs have a young linebacker that they can feel like can play Sam next year because if Damian Wilson isn't good to go and they don't feel like keeping him on the roster, this could be a guy to fill in with those marginal snaps on the fringe next year. Three. Out of the last four weeks, the Dolphins have eclipsed 100 rushing yards. Now, they're not a great rushing team, but they can do it. I think getting the rushing attack helps Tua look a little bit better as a passer. He's a rookie quarterback. It does fit his game style a lot better if you can get teams having to play the run a little bit more. The Chiefs will never fully sell out to stop the run unless they're playing the Ravens. That's just simply not their style. This is a game where they're going to have to stop the run from even or lighter personnel. That means a lot of it falls onto the shoulders of Derek Nottie, who is good for about two or three just absolutely fantastic run stuffs every single week that he has no business making that covers for a lot of the other guys around him. This will be a game where he has to show up big. We've already talked about kind of what the Dolphins have going on on the interior. It's not a great unit. It's another spot where Derek Nottie really should be able to shine much like Chris Jones, just in a different way. If you shut down whatever the Dolphins are trying to throw out there on the ground, which again, isn't a great attack, but they are going to try it. They are going to try to run the ball. Naughty could have a big game stuffing them down, forcing Tua to drop back and just throw the ball to keep pace, which will play 100% into the Chiefs' strengths. For me, it's Legereus Sneed, and here's the reason. This guy's got his hand on the football every game of his young NFL career. It hasn't converted to an interception since he uh, got hurt earlier in the season, but I think this is the week. I loved seeing some ball production last year or last week from this defense. That was a big part of that game, and the Chiefs need it. And Legereus Sneed this week, I think, is the guy to do it. Keep an eye on him. Uh, maybe maybe finally converting one of those uh, near interceptions into another, what I believe would be his third interception on the season. Predictions? Craig, we picking blowouts this week? Uh, we're not picking blowouts this week. I think the Dolphins are too good of a team. I do think that the Chiefs are the better side. I am picking them to win. I do think that it's going to be a little more slow and steady on the offense than we've seen. And I don't mean like drive down to the red zone and peter out and kick a field goal. I think I mean a lot more smaller plays through Sammy Watkins, a lot more Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field for five or six yards, a lot of Clyde Edwards Lair out of the backfield for th five or six yards. Just kind of a methodical march down the field. I think that the Chiefs will have a little bit more red zone success. And then on the defensive side of the football, I think Chris Jones is going to have a big game. I think the rush is going to have a bigger game. But I do think that the Dolphins are going to be able to put up enough points to make it seem close for a while before the Chiefs pull it out a little bit more at the end. I got the Chiefs winning 27-17. to 17. I think Craig mentioned it. I have two more big keys to this game besides, you know, how the Chiefs and the Dolphins fare when the Chiefs are on offense and the Dolphins play some kind of man coverage. Third down conversion percentage. The Dolphins defense currently sits at first in the NFL. 
The Chiefs offense sits at second in the NFL. Who's going to win that battle? Because I think that's going to go a long way, much like the Dolphins being the best man cover team versus the best man coverage offense. Those two things are going to matter. And then the red zone. We talked about it a couple times now, but I guess we didn't give you any stats. So here we go. Dolphins defense, ninth in the NFL in terms of allowing touchdowns in the red zone. Chiefs offense, after a rough couple weeks, 23rd. The Chiefs need to close that gap a little bit. They need to score points. Now, I say all of this to tell you, I don't think the game's going to be close. I think the Chiefs' talent is going to overwhelm in both of those scenarios. What the Chiefs do well matches up very well with what the Dolphins do well, and I think that cancels it out. And once you get past that, the Chiefs are just a better football team. I don't think it's close going into the fourth quarter. Dolphins get a late score, make it look close than it was. Chiefs 34, Dolphins 20. The Chiefs actually show up this week because the Dolphins are a playoff team. Uh, let it be known that Matthew Lane is our analytics guy now. Yeah, I, not to not to take anything from our, our pal Matt McMullen, but Stat Matt might be on this podcast now. Matalytics? Matalytics. Oh, I, I hope that sticks. I mean, Matty we loves might as analytics, well, you guys. <laughs> is there a PFF Matt on Twitter yet? Mm, I'll look for it, though. We gotta, yeah. I mean, Matalytics, I think, is is the new thing here because Maddie's got all the stats in the world, and uh, he always he always goes by the numbers clearly. So, um, shout out to Matalytics for that. Uh, I think it's gonna be a close game. I think this could be a ugly or football game for this offense. I think Brian Flores has shown some ability to to give. Patrick Mahomes some problems in the past. I have a lot of respect for what he's doing over there in Miami. I think he's building an outstanding program. Uh, and I think this defense is, is it's one of the best scoring defenses in the National Football League. And I think they can slow down the Chiefs enough uh, to make this a little bit of a game. That being said, the Chiefs have Patrick LeVon Mahomes. And last I checked, Miami does not. Chiefs 27 Miami Dolphins 20, one score game. That's going to do it for the AP Laboratory game preview. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back with the AP Laboratory post-game show later this week. We'll catch you later. Analytics.